Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Doesn't matter who you are, every believer will go through times of temptation. That is because we are in this world and we are in a human body. But remember something. God is never the source. He is never the cause of temptation. Rather, it is the enemy. And why? Well, when one is committed to truth, when one is wanting to do the will of God, Satan hates that. And one of his powerful tools that he possesses is temptation. Temptation comes to move you away from the good things of God and to move you into the location that the enemy wants you to be and thinking as he wants you to think. What we're going to do in this study is that we are going to look at Messiah in that wilderness, a very important location, and we are going to see the principles by which Satan's temptation can be defeated, can be overcome so we remain on that narrow way, that right course that we remain in the will of God, doing the purposes of God for the glory of God. So with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to Luke's Gospel and chapter 4. Luke's Gospel and chapter 4. Now, you'll be reminded that Yeshua in that previous chapter was baptized in the Jordan River. And what was that baptism for? It was for him to state publicly and to his heavenly Father that he was going to go to Jerusalem, that he was going to be crucified, dead, buried, but he would rise again. And that resurrection speaks of victory. It speaks of overcoming sin and death. And that's what redemption is all about. And God, he is the redeemer. Satan hates redemption. And therefore, what we see is Satan moving against Messiah in order to tempt him, in order to dissuade him from what he had just said, that he was going to submit and obey his father's purpose. Be assured of something. When you say, I'm committed to God, Satan is going to come against that. And let me just simply say, don't be foolish do not think oh satan he doesn't exist that's just uh something that the bible speaks of kind of symbolically and and spiritually but there's no satan yes there is there is a satan there is a hell and it's only through the grace of god 
only through the redemption of god that one can overcome the schemes and the attacks of the enemy not being one who experiences the judgment of sin but the reward of messiah him bringing us into his kingdom where we will know the goodness of god and we will have the joy of a heavenly type forever and ever so look with me to that passage luke's gospel and chapter 4 it begins verse 1 but yeshua why does it say but in the original language because there's a transition we have moved away from the birth of messiah these events that we spoke of in the first three chapters and now the emphasis is upon the ministry the work of messiah but yeshua full of the holy spirit such an important principle full of the holy spirit returned from the jordan and was led by the spirit and hear that led by the spirit into the wilderness now that word wilderness means a desert it's that same word in the biblical language for where the children of israel were for 40 years and messiah is coming into that same location why well let me ask you a question what was it that god wanted to teach the people during those 40 years well remember the context god was bringing them into the land but they did not believe they became faithless they began to focus in on the enemy those giants rather than on the promises of god and there's an inherent relationship between the promises of god and faith when we focus in and seek his promise it is going to produce faith when we think of the world or the enemy then we're going to demonstrate faithlessness so god brought them into the wilderness for 40 years to teach them a lesson to trust in him to depend upon him to rely upon him all of these things and the wilderness that word being there is for you and me see god knows all things the spirit of god prepares us for the future so messiah he was brought being led by the spirit into the wilderness because temptation was coming and the principle is this it's only through dependence upon god relying upon him depending upon him faith in him that one can overcome satanic temptation this is what we're going to learn in this passage how messiah overcame the temptation and who was the source of that temptation the enemy read on we read here verse 2 40 days being tempted by the devil not the spirit but by the devil 40 days now this is important because 40 is the number of transition when we come across that number 40 in the bible expect a change to take place 
And after these 40 days in the wilderness being tempted, we're going to see that Messiah is going to to make a transition into doing his ministry. Not simply sent into the world, not simply having been born, not growing up, not being baptized, but now beginning to do what that baptism pointed to. So we see in verse 2, 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he did not eat anything in those days. Now, the word here for did not eat is a peculiar one. Now, we would expect it to be the Greek word estheo, but it's not. It is the word phago. What's the difference? Why the change in vocabulary? Well, estheo is just a typical, a general word for eating. It is the most frequent word in the New Testament for that, eating. But phago represents eating out of dependence. When that word phago is used, it's one eating because he really has to eat. Now, the point is this. So many times I sit down to eat, not really all that hungry. I'm eating because of some meeting, because of some social reason, because of fellowship, something along those lines. But here, the word that's used here speaks of one eating out of a need of dependence. So this tells us something. When it says he did not eat, when we look at this scripture, it tells us that he was fasting. And this is another important takeaway from this passage. We need to be dependent upon God and fasting assists us. Fasting helps us to depend upon God. Why? Fasting weakens the flesh. And that's what we have to do. Be full of the Spirit and not uh, motivated or listening or influenced by the flesh. So we find that he did not eat anything during those days. But when the, the time, meaning their, their days, were completed, it says afterwards he was what? He was hungry. So we see something. During those 40 days when he was fasting, this speaks of his intimacy with his heavenly father, and he was not hungry during those days, but afterwards he became hungry. And it was at that time that the devil spoke. Now, notice here, we see the word devil. Why is that important? Because the Greek word for devil comes from the root in Greek, where we get a different word. And that word is diabolical. That is something that is tricky, something that is cunning, something that is not what it appears to be. It's related to falsehood. It's related to deceit. So it's interesting and significant that how Satan is being spoken of here is by that term, the devil initially. So the devil said to him if why is that important because what satan always does 
is to to speak doubt why doubt is the opposite of faith do not doubt trust believe depend rely upon god how do you do that by believing his word and even when we struggle sometimes with believing the word don't allow that struggle to keep you from doing the word you realize that you can obey god do his word even though you may have some inner doubt within you because we're human beings sometimes we will doubt it's never good it's never right but sometimes we struggle we're not the pillars of faith that we should be but when we trust god depend upon him and do his word you know what's going to happen we're going to grow we're going to mature and we're going to find that doubt evaporating we are going to see that we grow in faithfulness we grow in trusting god so verse verse three the devil said to him if you are the son of god say to this stone that it should become bread now notice something what is messiah he is hungry having fasted for 40 days and 40 nights obviously at the conclusion of that day meaning the 40th day he was hungry now let me ask you something is there anything wrong with being hungry no being hungry is not a sin it's natural that that hunger is is our body speaking to us that we need energy we need to eat nothing sinful and here's the thing that we see first and foremost many times satan will use what is legitimate what is a need a proper need a normal need but here's the principle satan is tempting yeshua to fulfill that need in a ungodly manner that's the problem god knows all of our needs we seek the kingdom first and he will add to us all those things that we legitimately need and he'll give them to us in the right way at the right timing but what is the devil doing he wants him to misappropriate let me say that carefully the devil wants yeshua to misappropriate the power of god in order to meet his needs his wants on his time in his way no that would be sin and yeshua knows this so look at the scripture he says the devil speaking say to this stone that it should become bread verse 4 and yeshua answered him saying that it's been written wonderful such an important principle he turns to the word of god it says that it has been written that not upon bread alone the man lives meaning humanity lives but we don't find life in in food in bread but we find life upon all the word of god now there's no mistaking something here 
Messiah is admonishing us. That's why it's recorded in the scripture. When you are being tempted, go to the word of God. It is the word of God, his revelation, that gives us the perspective and the only perspective that we must have if we're going to not succumb to temptation, but overcome that temptation. Utilize scripture in order to deal and understand and perceive properly this temptation. Then we see, look if you would to verse 5, and the devil still him, led him up. So the devil's leading him up upon a high mountain. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in one moment. Now think about this. All the kingdoms, meaning all of its wealth, all of its prestige, all of its glory, he showed that to Messiah in a moment. He conveyed that. Now, that's something supernatural. Realize the enemy, he has supernatural power. Is that power equal to God? It is not. Is it even close to God? It is not. But it is greater than our human power. Therefore, we need God's assistance. And how do we invite God's assistance into our life in those times of temptation? Simply by his word and relying upon his word so we find that that the devil is saying all the kingdom of the world he showed to messiah in one moment and he said unto him who's that the devil look at verse six the devil said to him to you i will give all of this authority all the authority of these kingdoms all the power of these kingdoms that's what the word exousia means. To you, I will give all of this authority and their glory because to me it has been given that whomever I want, I will give it. So he's saying here, of the kingdoms of this world, I have the authority to give it to whoever I want. Now, that may be a lie. He may not have such authority. He is the prince of this world, but he's a defeated prince. And what I would say to you is this. All, hear that, all of Satan's promises are false. Now, might there be some truth mixed into it? Of course. You will find that the enemy will use much truth, but just a little bit of lie brings about the disaster so yes not everything that the devil says even though he's the father of lies not everything that he says is going to be false he uses a lot of truth in order to deceive us and therefore i would say here that again what is he doing he is lying he is making promises that he cannot keep furthermore look at the next verse verse 7 Therefore, you, if you worship before me, all will be given to you. All of this. But notice his response, verse 8, Yeshua's response. And Yeshua answered him and he said, 
Go away behind me, Satan. Now he's speaking. There's a change in language from the devil to Satan. Why? To help us realize something. What is it that the devil wants to do, this deceiver, this one who is cunning? He wants to deceive us for one main reason, so that he can bring adversity into our life. That's what he wants to do. That's what Satan means. He is the adversary. And when we succumb to temptation, we are bringing adversity into our life. It's when we overcome temptation that we are inviting the blessings of God, the power of God, the anointing of God in our life. So Yeshua says to him, go away behind me, Satan, for it's been written, worship the Lord your God and to him only you will serve what a wonderful statement realize that we worship only one god god the father god the son god the holy spirit it is god and god alone who we serve verse 9 satan's not done it says here and he led him into jerusalem and stood him upon the pinnacle of what of the temple so now he's there on top of the pinnacle of the temple and he said to him nothing different he says to him if the son of god are you so if you are the son of god cast yourself cast yourself from here downward why now remember some what has yeshua been doing he has been using the word of god to overcome the temptation of the enemy and now what is satan going to do he is going to take the word of god it's true but he is going to apply it to a wrong situation so the word of god is always true but if we apply the truth to a situation a circumstance improperly we're going to be defeated and he says he quotes scripture he says if you're the son of god cast yourself down from this place for it is written that his angels he will command concerning you so he is going to command the angels concerning messiah now this verse has to do with the crucifixion him on the cross not not having anything to do with with messiah casting himself off the temple so it says he will command his angels concerning you to keep you well not when messiah succumbs to temptation not when he moves away from the will of god we shouldn't expect god's provision in disobedience but praise god messiah never disobeyed look at verse 11 he continues to speak that is the devil because upon hands meaning the angels hands they will bear you lest you strike the stone your foot so he says you can do this the scripture says do that and you will be upheld he's taking a verse of scripture out of context out of its prophetic meaning and applying it to his circumstance what he wants 
not the will of God. Whatever we take truth and apply it to our will rather than the will of God, we are going to be deceived by the enemy. We need to be faithful to the word of God in its context. Once again, look, if you would, to verse 12. And Yeshua answered, he said to him that it has been said that do not test the Lord your God. So he says, don't test him. You don't put God to the test. You obey him. He gives us things to do. We should pass the test. We don't test God. So it has been said, do not test the Lord your God. And when all of these temptations, they were completed, what happened? The devil went out from him. But notice the end of verse, verse 13. It says, until a season. And most Bibles will say, unto a more opportune time. And I believe that more opportune time was in the Garden of Gethsemane. But Satan departed. Here's the message. When we apply Scripture to our life properly, that Scripture is going to overcome the deceit, the lies, the temptation of the enemy and move him away from us. Now look at verse 14. And Yeshua returning in power the power of the spirit into galilee and it says here that uh, a report went out to all the region about him verse 15 and what did he do he taught he taught in the synagogues their synagogues being gloried being glorified by all what does that tell us when we overcome temptation, it is going to bring glory, and glory is synonymous with the presence of God. When we say no to the deceit of the enemy, and we say yes to God, we are going to be brought into his presence, and we are going to experience the very glory of God. What does that mean? we are going to be able to worship God better. So temptation comes. God is never, ever, ever the source of temptation. He allows it. He can use it. He is not the cause of it. And when we utilize the principles found in the Word of God for overcoming temptation, it is going to bring about a change in our life whereby we can move forward just like it says. In verse 14, Messiah moved forward in the spirit, teaching in their synagogues, revealing the truth of God. When we are overcomers, we are going to be used in a greater way for the purposes of God. We need to understand spiritual principles. We need to understand the laws of the word of God and apply them, utilize them for one purpose, and that is so that we can do the will of God because our utmost desire should be to obey God and to bring glory to Him. Well, I'll close with that until next time.
Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.